You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode number seven. Hello. Hey, thanks for tuning in again to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. My name is Jerry Bolfin. I'm a water treatment contactor and WQA certified master water specialist. I hope you're having a good day. Everything's going good for you and your water. In this series, You can learn useful, easy-to-follow tips and information, mostly all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. Today's episode, we're going to cover the basics of how to shock chlorinate and sanitize your well, and also how to sanitize pipelines and storage tanks. I do have a free resource guide for this podcast for today's episode called How to Shock Chlorinate Wells, Pipelines, and Storage Tanks. This is very easy to follow. It has step-by-step lists, charts showing you how much chlorine bleach or pellets or powder to add based on the size and depth of your well or storage tank or cistern. And I'm offering that free to listeners of this podcast. So if you want one, you can get yours by texting the word shock guide to 44222. That's all one word, shock guide, S-H-O-C-K-G-U-I-D-E. Or if you want to just go to the website and get it, you can go to cleanwaterstore.com slash podcasts and look for it there. So what is shock chlorination? Well, well, shock chlorination means that you're adding sufficient bleach, chlorine, which bleach is liquid sodium hypochlorite, or if it's powdered bleach or pellets, it's calcium hypochlorite, to raise the chlorine equivalent concentration inside the well, tank, or pipeline to between two and 300 parts per million. This kills bacteria and sanitizes the well. That's the main reason. It's also good for odors as well. But most people shock chlorinate the well to sanitize it, kill bacteria. You know, city water has maybe somewhere between 0.2 and two parts per million of chlorine. So by shock chlorinate, it means you're adding a high amount usually two to 300 parts per million. And that will, if you leave it there long enough, that will kill the bacteria typically. For best results, the chlorine level must be maintained in your well for six to 12 hours. And it helps if the pH is between five and seven. If you have a very high pH, if your pH is eight, 8.5, it doesn't work as well. It's much less effective. So it doesn't hurt to check the pH. Most of the time, the pH is around neutral, but there are a lot of cases where the well water pH is high, and then <clears throat> shock chlorination is not as effective, unless you add some citric acid or some other to lower the pH, but we'll get into that in a minute. So after 12 hours, at least six hours up to 12 hours after you've added the chlorine, you test it again for chlorine. If you find you have less than 10 parts per million, then you repeat the procedure. So what happens is when you add chlorine into the water, there's such a thing as chlorine demand. So your bacteria, uh, slime, uh, odors, different organic material in the water will have a demand on the chlorine and use it up. So if you find that if you add chlorine to the water and you come back six to 12 hours later and you find out you have zero chlorine, then you've got to repeat the procedure. That's pretty unusual. Most folks make the mistake getting too much chlorine, not enough chlorine, but uh, a lot of folks don't even test the chlorine at all, just do a smell test. But <clears throat> I'll talk more about that in a second. 
So during the time that the chlorine is in the water, this strong oxidant reacts not only with the microorganisms and other organic matter, but it also can affect rubber and plastic found in your well and storage tank components. So that's why you don't want to add too much. You don't want to do damage to your well. Most of the living organisms are killed when they come in contact with these chlorine chemicals. There also can be disinfection byproducts formed, such as bromates, trihalomethane, such as chloroform, and other byproducts when you're adding the chlorine. That's why when you, well, after you add the chlorine, you've got to make sure you've purged the water. You don't use it until the well is free of chlorine and disinfection byproducts. Okay, so when should you shock chlorinate? Like, what's the point? Why should you shock chlorinate? Well, many people do shock chlorinate their well when they're, say, they're selling their home or they're buying a home or they're, it's a new well, they're not uh, familiar with it, and they, in, they have test the water and has coliform bacteria. It comes back with a, a positive test for coliform. So that's usually the first step. They, they want to shock chlorinate, make sure that it's not the well itself. It's just a, a contamination caused by maybe some work was done on the well. So that's why. So you want to shock chlorinate or sanitize your well whenever a new well has been constructed. This is usually done by the well professional, almost always. Anytime a well is open for repair, again, the well contractor will do this. Flood water has entered a well. Your well has been flooded. That's a disaster. Definitely you need to sanitize the well. That usually requires getting a well professional to look at it as well. You put in a new holding tank, new pump, or new pressure tank. You've worked on the piping, so you've replaced the piping. It's a good idea to sanitize that piping. Or if you have odors. Sometimes if you have odors or slime, you can do a shock chlorination. That'll often buy you many months before the odors return. Not always, maybe not even usually, but that that does that is a good way to first step if you have odors. But usually people are doing it to sanitize their well to kill bacteria. Okay, so basically there's there's a bunch of cautions involved with this. Obviously, if 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 you can walk over to your well, see your well, the head of the well, and you see a, a small plastic plug on there, it's usually plastic, might be metal, but if you see a plug on there that you can easily remove and get access to the well, then you can, if you're careful and you, you follow the right procedure, you could chlorinate the well yourself. However, if you're unfamiliar with it, you definitely don't want to start disassembling the top of your well or working on your well you want to have a well professional do it. It could be a well pump contractor, a well driller. They'll offer this as a service for you. Sanitize your well. Okay, so one thing to know, shock chlorine in your well may cause the water to turn dark color. And the chlorine may well clean the well, may clean the well shaft and pipe of iron and sediment. This water may be high in sludge, cause damage to pipes or fixtures. Obviously, you don't want to run water super high in sediment and rust in your water softeners, your water heater. You want to shock chlorinate the well, let it sit for 6-12 hours, and then you want to flush it out on the ground, run outside hose bib, or, you know, so you don't run a bunch of heavily chlorinated water in your house and into your septic tank either. So we're going to talk about the procedure here in a minute, but one question we get is, what type of bleach should we use? Well, 
It's really best to use dry pellets or powdered bleach that's certified for potable water. A second really good option is to use liquid pool chlorine, which is pure sodium hypochlorite. That the, the pool chlorine that you can get, you can often find them at um, you know Home Depot or Lowe's or hardware stores, but pool supply companies for sure. And then they so basically it's liquid 10 to 12 percent sodium hypochlorite. The worst option is to use household laundry bleach, Clorox. This contains unwanted chemicals besides chlorine, so we don't recommend that. But you can use pool chlorine, works good. That's usually the easiest to find. Um, you can order a kit. We sell it, a lot of places sell it a little without little pellets and powder in it. And you, the powder mixed with water that you pour down there, and you can drop a few pellets in there, which will drop down hopefully below the submersible pump and chlorine at the bottom of your well. So you can use dry pellets, powdered bleach, or pool chlorine. Hydrogen peroxide, we're often asked about that. That doesn't work good for this for sanitizing a well. So no point in using that. So chlorinating the well, we'll start with by talking about using the dry pellets or powdered bleach, because that's kind of the easiest way to go about it. Dry pellet method, which is 70% calcium hypochlorite, can be used for wells, storage tanks, or cisterns. The amount of tablets and granules used depends on the amount of water in your system. So half of the total treatment will be completed with chlorine pellets, and the other half will be completed with a granular chlorine slurry. That's why I was saying the kits come with pellets and powder. A 1 to 200 part per million chlorine concentration is ideal for sanitizing a well. If you want to be conservative, start out with 100 parts per million. To produce 100 parts per million, use 2 ounces of sanitizer pellets or granules for each 100 gallons of water in the well. If your water has a high iron or hydrogen sulfide content, you might need more chlorine to get your 100 parts per million residual. So the idea is that when you before you do it, you want to bypass your water softener, other filters, or purification equipment. We recommend if you have a well house, clean the well house, get everything really clean, hose it out, spray it down with a little bit of bleach, sanitize the inside of the well house. It's a good idea. All around the well and the pressure tank. Remove debris, scrub off any or hose off any dirt or deposits. Remove the small well inspection plug on the top of the well. For wells, particularly with that have been uh, installed with pitless adapters, or you know they, those are usually underground, there may be a rounded cap that has no inspection hole. You can remove the cap, and you can, if possible, measure the depth of water in the well. That's pretty hard to do. It's better to refer to the table. I won't repeat the table here, but it's in the guide. But it'll tell you how much sanitizer to use. There's a couple rules of thumb, but. Anyway, you can, you, you can estimate the well and the water depth also, also from your well log. Usually when your well is drilled, they give you a well log. It'll tell you how much, how deep the well is. So again, caution, well caps and seals are integral to the safety and integrity of your well. Oftentimes they're regulated by state and local codes. So you have to be careful to comply with all applicable codes whenever opening your well. If you're unsure of any of these steps, seek the assistance of a qualified or licensed well driller or pump installer or contractor. If you don't know one handy, 
uh, we recommend going to the National Groundwater Association site, wellowner.org, and you can find a certified uh, well contractor in your area. But they're easy to find. And usually the neighbors recommend one or if you just moved in. But you can also look in the well log. Definitely I would call them first if you need to, if you need to get help doing this. So mix the determined amount of granules in a, a clean five-gallon bucket, and then pour that solution down the well to sanitize the upper portion of the, the well. Then drop one tablet into the well and listen to hear if the tablet hits the water. You, you can, even if the well is 400 feet deep, you'll hear it blink, you'll hear it hit the water. If the, if the tablet doesn't, if you don't hear that, it's just thud, you don't hear it hitting the water, then no point to add pellets. It's not going to work. There's must, there might be a wire guard or something preventing the pellets from entering the the water. So if the tablet does hit the water, which usually it would, drop the remaining determined number of sanitizing pellets needed into the well. So, and this would be the same with bleach, but after you've added the bleach and water or the pellets to the, to the well, then you need to circulate the water in the well. It's really easy to do. You just get a hose connected to a hose bed, a garden, you know, like a faucet outside and run the water until you smell chlorine, and then run that water back down the well. Because you, you've got, an, again, like a little half-inch threaded plug on top of the well. You can take that off and, and uh, you know, squirt the water back down the well. So after approximately 15 minutes of circulating the water, you should be getting a strong chlorine odor present. Uh, if not, you could add more, but... Um, Sometimes, you know, if it wasn't estimated correctly, you could add more chlorine at that point. But, but generally, you'll, at that point, you'll smell very strong chlorine. Now, after you've done that, you want to allow the sanitized water to stand in the system for at least six hours. But we prefer 10 to 12 hours. And then open an outside faucet and flush the system until the water runs chlorine-free. Repeat the flush operation on each faucet in the system. It's okay to run a little bit of water into the house, especially if the water, if you're seeing the water, it's not like dark or sludgy or, or you know, full of sediment. You could run a little bit of the chlorinated water in the house. It won't kill off your septic tank, but you don't want to run a lot of heavily chlorine solution in your septic tank. So if, if your water doesn't flow for any reason, then of course that's a disaster. There's something's happened. Um, but uh, don't continue to pump, run the pump if you don't get a flow of water, obviously. So after the chlorine has been left in the well and you, and you discharge the water, you want to wait a couple weeks, two or three weeks, and then you want to retest for coliform bacteria. So it's pretty much the same procedure with chlorine bleach. You first start out by cleaning the well house, then you... Um, Run the, one, run the well, determine how much chlorine you use. But basically, you're not pouring, to, to, to make a point, you don't want to just pour household bleach or pool chlorine or any kind of liquid chlorine. Just pour it straight down the well. That's not what you're doing. What, what you're doing is you're mixing up the, the, the estimated amount that you need in with water, and then you're pouring 5 to 10 gallons of water down the well. So, like, for instance... Say your well is four inches in diameter, has a depth of 400 feet. 
The water level is 100 feet below the surface. So therefore, you have 300 feet in the well. In this chart that I'm seeing, this is you want to use one and a half gallons of 5% or three quarters of a gallon of 10% bleach. So you'd use somewhere around a half a gallon to a gallon of pool chlorine, in other words, in with five to 10 gallons of water. Uh, generally, they recommend you want to mix chlorine solution with about 10 times as much water. You want to dilute it and then pour that down. You want to, you want to pour a super strong pure bleach down the well. And then again, you, you, whether it's you're using pellets or liquid, you, you run the water until you smell the chlorine, let it turn it off, let it sit, don't use it, let it sit up for six, 12 hours. If you have a high range test kit, that would be the best then, which they're not expensive. And then you, you want to test the water at the end of six, 12 hours. And hopefully you still have more than 10 parts per million left. If you do, then you're good to go. You just, that's the time to flush, let the water run and then you know, make sure that keep running until all the chlorine is gone. You can even wait to use water over a few days, make sure there's no chlorine left. But if it's, if you retest it and it's below 10 parts per million, then that means that there's such a huge chlorine demand that you need to do it again. Okay. So questions, a lot of people have questions about this. What precautions should I take before I do the chlorination? Well, like I said, if you're not familiar with your well or well construction, you might consider hiring a licensed well driller or pump contractor. It'd be a good idea. Um, you should definitely take some precautions. For instance, concentrated chlorine can be dangerous. Uh, it's uh, powdered bleach is 70% chlorine. So it's very important to wear eye goggles, rubber gloves. You get any bleach on your pants, it's going to ruin your shirt, your pants. So protect yourself, protect your eyes in particular. Mix and add the chlorine in a well-ventilated area. You don't want to do it and be, get a lot of fumes inside a small area. Make sure your family, pets, don't use the water during the process. Prevent electric shock before removing the well cap or cover. Turn the pump circuit breaker off. Wear waterproof boots. Definitely around well uh, I would never touch a panel or any kind of uh, shutoff switch unless I was had some well-insulated boots or I was standing on a board or something. You don't want to stand in water while you reach out to turn off a circuit breaker in a well shed. So you want to exercise some caution. Um, before you begin again, make sure to shut off water to carbon filters versus osmosis systems, bypass your softener, iron filter. Um, another question comes up, when can I use the water again? Well, generally they say you want to flush about four well volumes. So for instance, a four inch well has 70 gallons per hundred foot of depth. So if you had 200 feet and you have, um, 150 gallons of water, 140, 150 gallons of water in the well, four times that would be 600. That's 600 gallons. That's just in a four inch well. If you have a six inch well, those have six inch diameter. I mean, like how, how wide it is. Those have 150 gallons per hundred feet. So it's a good idea. Maybe a lot of folks don't do it, but four well volumes is safe because another problem that can happen is when you chlorinate the well, 
you can leach out some undesirable metals. Arsenic levels can sometimes increase, um, and other heavy metals can, can increase for a little bit. You get the chlorine byproducts by super shocking the well. And sometimes even the chlorine is gone. Those byproducts can still be there. So four, four well volumes, before you, especially before you drink the water, is a good idea. So that's basically it. That that's the does wonders. A lot of people, man, they just so happy when they after they shock the well, they just can't believe how great the water is. Sometimes the the odors are gone for months, and they come back if they're doing it for odors. For coliform bacteria, um, oftentimes the, the shocking the well will do it because the the bacteria is there because the well wasn't properly sanitized after some work was done on it. Now, I would say 90% of all well guys are super good at this. Like they know this is a real issue in the industry is contamination of wells because they're moving with their rigs from one side to the next. So they, they take great pains to sanitize their drilling rig and their tools, but it can happen. And so you can get a situation where work got done on the well and it wasn't properly sanitized for whatever reason. And now you've got bacteria, maybe bacteria from another well that you don't even know could be spread around. So it's, so if you come up with a test positive for coliform and it's, it's, and you've had your well worked on recently, that could be the cause of it. But if you sanitize it once, wait several weeks, retest it and it's gone, you know, you might want to test it again a month or two later just to make sure. But usually that's, you, you did it. You, you got rid of it. It was just, in other words, your well was contaminated with something from the surface. Either the well was getting worked on or maybe the well cap was loose and some critters got in there. Um, even insects can cause a positive coliform. And so you've got a situation where you're, you can clean it up just by sanitizing it. However, really common, people sanitize the well to get rid of the odor or they sanitize it to get rid of coliform bacteria. They retest it, it's fine. Test another month later, it's back. Then you've got an actual contamination problem. And you've got to figure out what's the source. Why is that well becoming uh, positive for coliform bacteria? It's coming somewhere from the ground since the well seal is okay and everything on top is fine. If it is, then you know that it's coming from something. Maybe it's too close to a septic tank or there's something going on. So that's, again, keep saying this, but... Good idea. Call a well contractor, well driller, well professional. Get help with this sort of thing. Um, but we have many, many people over many years sanitizing their well. No problems. It can be done. You can do it yourself. But if you have any qualms about it or you think you can't and you're not sure about it, then you shouldn't do it. And also, if you're well, you go over to it and you don't have an easy way to access it. If you've got to disassemble the top of the well to get to it, then that's a sign you shouldn't be doing it. Okay, well, I hope that was helpful. And again, if you want to get your free guide on how to shock chlorinate wells, pipelines, storage tanks, just text the word shock guide, all one word, that's S-H-O-C-K-G-U-I-D-E to 44222. Or you can go to the cleanwaterstore.com slash podcast and go to the website and you can find it there. Okay, next week, we're going to go over something dear to my heart, how to easily set up your own well water chlorinator. 
These things save people a lot of money. They're low cost, and it's easy to filter out the chlorine when it goes in your house. Some people are mystified by those, but actually they're very easy to set up, and we're going to go over that. Until then, hope you have a nice day.